chapter twenty four of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty four alone and punctual hungry for midday victuals and eager to impart newly acquired knowledge miss tallentire returned from studying the luxor obelisk her coming upon the hour and solitary state were noted but a second-hand rendering of hieroglyphic lore could be dispensed with by a lady entertaining a more modern-minded guest aksakoff with a notable sparkle in his eyes begotten by confidential conversation with his hostess rose to welcome the fair interrupter international courtesies were exchanged while leah glancing impatiently at the clock waited for their conclusion to slip in a question or so where is mr askew why did he not bring you back he did lady james as far as the lift he is now writing a letter in the smoking-room and so will forget that i asked him to luncheon please remind him dear or better tell the waiter to bring him up monsieur demetrius is coming also dr demetrius joan paused in her exit i did not know that he was in paris lady james nor did i until an hour ago don't lose time dear mr askew may go and i particularly wish him to stay lady jim ushered the girl out hurriedly and judiciously saw to the closing of the door before turning to meet aksakoff's inquiring gaze you approve of a full table madame there is safety in numbers she assured him for monsieur demetrius leah resumed her seat with raised eyebrows i fear you will think me dull monsieur aksakoff but i do not understand the diplomatist bowed an apology he had forgotten that even in private her comedy was to be played by the book the conversation of the next few minutes he foresaw very plainly she would play round the reason for their meeting without coming to grips mysteriously conveying her meaning in speeches which she did not mean only a politician of aksakoff's subtlety would have understood the unsaid from what she now proceeded to say besides she was continuing the speech interrupted by his bow you promised that no harm should come to the doctor madame i renew that promise i hope so otherwise i shall regret having consented to this meeting yet i understood that monsieur demetrius desired it that is no reason why i should consent possibly not still as a peacemaker you put me into the beatitudes then why not if you achieve your object in reconciling enemies the signing of the treaty depends upon you monsieur aksakoff consider it signed on conditions which means that it is not signed hm. monsieur demetrius is anxious even willing to renounce your daughter a dull red stained aksakoff's opaque skin how flattering to my fatherly pride there is then the hint was delicate another lady jim retorted in kind so you said at monte carlo mademoiselle ninette i believe i did she lured him to paris then 
how should i know he has never mentioned the creature's name to me nor would he dare to he came so he declares to see me on matters connected with your recent loss no doubt it is more than probable her avoidance of the necessary topic exasperated him sharp words were on the tip of his tongue but wisdom withheld them his accomplice was not the woman to yield to dominance and the merest hint of its exercise might probably would engender wrath likely to jeopardize the almost achieved plot money or no money aksakoff still ascribed mercenary reasons her pride would never bend to the yoke of advice to be silent was his second thought and silent he became this it would seem was wise since she began to explain aksakoff paying out liberally the necessary rope that she might hang herself monsieur demetrius is unwise to come here i told him so yes i confess remember my warning that i betrayed you all the same very foolishly i think he insisted upon an immediate meeting to recover his birthright he says can you arrange for the rehabilitation of this exiled esau a faint smile played around the diplomatist's thin lips i can and you will assuredly if monsieur demetrius disabuses katinka of her infatuation that is his affair and yours no doubt she spoke meaningly you will wish to speak to him privately there is no need madame seeing that you are in his confidence and in mine besides very slowly we can converse over our tea lady jim's nerves jumped over tea she echoed equally slowly tea after luncheon it is a russian custom monsieur demetrius and i are russians still if the suggestion appears presumptuous he waved his hand with assumed deprecation i withdraw it and apologize no she passed her tongue over dry white lips and answered faintly you shall have your tea then rising hurriedly she made for the near window on an obvious excuse i do not see him coming as plainly as though aksakoff had put it into words did lady jim know that he intended to drug their victim what would occur if this plotter succeeded she did not know what might occur she shivered to think of and the thought made her rash the police she murmured turning from the window monsieur aksakoff joined her adjusting his pince-nez leisurely and proceeded to look up and down the street two stories below i do not see the police madame but what a delightful day i trust the night will be equally mild since i journey to havre you go to havre to-night breathed leah not yet herself by a moderately late train my cousin count petrovitch is there with his yacht we have to talk about his possible marriage with my daughter before he leaves to-morrow for kronstadt oh sighed lady jim very white how how amusing and after misusing the word she went back to her chair with geographical thoughts paris havre kronstadt Siberia, and demetrius oh sighed she again with a trembling hand shielding her eyes you are ailing madame cried aksakoff hastening to her politely starving replied leah with a wry smile hush the warning hissed through the chatter of joan and askew who entered almost riotously happy their exuberant manners and frank speech brought a wholesome breeze of cleansing honesty into the atmosphere of stale rascality 
the bracing wind blew lady jim out of dark chambers into the daylit spaces of the commonplace with the protean capability of women she flashed as a sun from passing storm-clouds to shine on the honest and hungry thanks awfully for your invitation to luncheon said askew which you forgot did i ever receive it he asked doubtfully did not my last remark imply the invitation remarkable so irrelevant sounded the last word that aksakoff queried its reason not that a man should forget an invitation she explained but that a single meal should escape his greedy memory you make me out to be a gourmet hinted the invited guest why not a gourmand one speaks french in paris not invariably since we now converse in english said askew dryly and she approved of the retort clearly he was rapidly recovering from the green sickness of crude passion meantime joan instructed aksakoff in ancient history the hieroglyphics on the place de la concorde obelisk describe the triumphs of rameses the second who reigned over egypt in the fourteenth century before christ mr askew knows him indeed smiled lady jim is he stopping in paris miss tallentire means to say that i know of him well i said so but my english is faulty mr askew will surely improve it his knowledge of hieroglyphics the guide-book's knowledge lady james corrected askew hum information while you wait murray and bidecker's extract of history archaeological tabloids what felicitous phrases sarcasm that merely means convalescence you have been ill then monsieur aksakoff addressed the colouring young gentleman heart disease flashed lady jim gaily ah monsieur demetrius and so did her ex-lover out of a retort you know miss tallentire monsieur askew they were at firmingham if you remember and the monsieur aksakoff who will doubtless recall dr demetrius say prince constantine demetrius madame you place me too high said the doctor bowing stiffly out of russia i am but a simple physician and a remarkably clever one according to this lady madame flatters i failed where i should have succeeded leah murmured a sharp aside reproving the professional humility which necessitated an allusion to her loss a bowing waiter entered before the doctor's apologetic shrug could be followed by words madame is served said the waiter and the lift lowered five hungry people to the dining-room says a disciple of brillat savarin with solemn truth and the infallible judgment of experience breakfast in scotland lunch in america and dine in paris circumstances prevented lady jim from dispensing boston hospitality but having supervised the ideas of the henri trois chef she placed a very dainty and tempting repast before a quartet almost too hungry to be critical nor was wanting wine chosen with masculine discretion to loosen rusty tongues and release fair thoughts embedded in slow brains but this latter adjective must be taken very appropriately at table with a grain of salt none of those who ate and drank were dull three of them indeed were much too clever and the remaining two made up in sparkle what they lacked in depth many good things were eaten and said during that merry meal and the corner near the large window bubbled with laughter 
leah watching stealthily the courtesy of aksakoff and his fellow-countrymen shivered internally at the irony of circumstances paris havre kronstadt siberia the four names repeated themselves dolorously in her brain like a street cry what wonder then that the spectacle of this tragic comedy made her laugh and babble and smile and nod and play to perfection the role of an attentive hostess she was quite glad that what would prove in all probability to be her victim's last civilized meal was appetizing aksakoff professed himself charmed with her esprit here thought he were the makings of an ideal conspirator and he regretted her nationality the anglo-saxon nature is so alien to working mole fashion yet had he only known the truth lady jim had already proved her willingness to conspire if not against a throne at least for the cheating of a limited company the luncheon was thus pleasant and not less so the digestive hour when the repleted guests assembled in the sitting-room anxious to afford the diplomatist every assistance lady jim gathered the young people under her wing near the piano at the far end of the apartment joan who had more of a soul than a memory for music played scraps chatting to right and left while her nimble fingers ran from mozart to chopin and attempted what their owner remembered of wagner's creations thus the muscovites smoking by special permission were enabled to exchange views in comparative privacy to assure complete secrecy and with the whole and corner instinct of the slav they talked russian with a bluntness strangely opposed to lady jim's elusive suggestiveness the situation to demetrius at least did not admit of sugared phrases or ambiguous explanations madame yonder he nodded towards leah told you why i desired this interview yes aksakoff handled his cigarette daintily but an explanation from you is necessary demetrius nodded brusquely i must mention the name of your daughter without doubt since her welfare is the main object of our meeting mademoiselle aksakoff said demetrius coldly has done me the honour to admire me but that my affections are already engaged i should certainly reciprocate you allude to mademoiselle ninette a look of surprise flitted across the other's face the actress why should you think so rumour credits you with being her lover and as usual rumour is wrong mademoiselle ninette was assuredly my patient but i received my fees in gold not in kisses as poor dr demetrius i cannot live on love ivan aksakoff prince constantine will be able to do so with the lady he mentions i mention no lady ah pardon aksakoff was foiled you accept my apology none is needed i intended to tell you the name of the lady ivan aksakoff it is madame yonder with uplifted eyebrows the diplomatist glanced in the direction of leah i heard something in london clubs of your admiration for her constantine demetrius even before her husband died it was said that you had laid yourself at her feet what a pity you cannot marry her an ideal match my friend quite ideal and so useful in promoting a social understanding between holy russia and these islanders 
we marry in a year announced the doctor calmly ah no but pardon me it is impossible aksakoff really and truly startled dropped his cigarette that haughty lady james kames should it is quite impossible said he staring i refer you to the lady herself insisted demetrius ah droned the other picking up his cigarette to place it in the ashtray and lighting another yes he stared again at his companion then stole a glance at leah apparently her desire to assist muscovite politics was not entirely a question of pounds shillings and pence she was less sordid and more subtle than he had guessed demetrius giving him no time to arrive at a satisfactory conclusion went on with his explanation you will therefore understand that my marriage with your daughter is out of the question of course assented aksakoff absently and wondering why lady jim engaged herself to this exile of course he added more briskly i trust you will permit me to announce this engagement to my daughter certainly it will show her that that you are unworthy of her hand ended aksakoff sharply from here the father overleaped the diplomatist quite so ivan aksakoff and i hope soon to congratulate the countess petrovitch you are too good constantine demetrius in return for thus arranging your domestic affairs continued the doctor unmoved by the sarcasm will you gain my pardon from the czar can you gain it he asked with emphasis i can and will my title my money both shall be restored and of course added aksakoff with a keen glance you will no longer work in what you term the sacred cause of humanity demetrius waved his hand gloomily dreams of youth desires for the impossible i am aware he added bitterly that individuality in a bureaucratic administration is looked upon as a crime can you wonder at it if one wheel refuses to fit in with another the machine will not work we are all parts of a mighty engine which crushes the poor and the weak what matter since you constantine demetrius are neither poor nor weak my sympathy a most dangerous word current only in that utopia you dreamed of it is not in the russian dictionary demetrius turned on the scoffer a glittering eye it will be some day said he slowly my friend aksakoff shook the ash from his cigarette if you propose to edit dictionaries you must remain dr demetrius in exile i gladly would rejoined the other heartily only his voice died away as he looked towards lady jim the diplomatist laughed there's always a woman ah these dear ladies how practical they are in their hands we are wax which they mould after the honey is squeezed out he laughed again then resumed business-like you will write to my daughter and place the truth of this engagement beyond question to-morrow ivan aksakoff when i am in london and needless to say i shall always profoundly respect mademoiselle your daughter you mean the countess petrovitch if you can so far bend her to your ambition retorted demetrius you promise then to write me with the czar aksakoff nodded and laughed cynically you are already prince constantine demetrius rich honoured and unsympathetic 
the doctor winced at the last word but shook hands on the agreement lady jim glanced across the room with judas and his kiss in her mind that the cap fitted her also she did not consider for the moment coffee coffee cried the pianist rising just what i want it is tea on this occasion replied leah and went over to take charge of the tray brought in by a smiling waiter tea joan echoed the word in an amazed voice and tripped like a fairy towards a comfortable low chair who ever heard of tea in the middle of the day australian colonists in the back blocks explained askew sauntering to assist in arranging a harlequin set of cups they drink tea at all hours in russia also remarked lady jim jingling the saucers this is a concession to the prejudices of our foreign guests and she laughed amiably at the muscovites demetrius bowed and smiled twisting his waxed moustache with admiring glances at leah's red hair he was far from suspecting a snare and that aksakoff should have a finger and thumb in his waistcoat pocket did not seem remarkable but lady jim nervously on the alert guessed that the diplomatist was fiddling with something of a narcotic nature also his significant glance at her at the teacups at demetrius hinted at her duty she fulfilled it with a spasm of fear well masked by frivolity joan i have dropped my handkerchief near the piano i think will you please look for it miss tallentire rose to be anticipated as leah guessed she would be by two attentive gentlemen allow me permit me mademoiselle and with askew demetrius crossed for the search while lady jim ran on lightly it might be on the floor near you joan what a nuisance how stupid of me then joan looked on the carpet leah also the latter straining her ears to hear the almost inaudible the faint tinkle of a pellet dropped into a cup sounded to her guilty soul like a clap of thunder here it is cried joan fishing under the table and picking up what lady jim had purposely dropped thanks awfully dear mr askew monsieur demetrius do not trouble give me the teapot joan ah she babbled on while filling the cups what a pity we have not glasses so that you could drink the tea in your own fashion monsieur demetrius monsieur aksakoff we did so enjoy the novelty at your monte carlo villa still here is a lemon slice it joan dear do sit down doctor monsieur aksakoff you can be waiter allow me cried askew half rising sit where you are said leah sharply you'll upset the table monsieur aksakoff with pleasure madame and he obliged her with stiff cordiality leah wiped her lips which were dry and stole a stealthy glance at the cup which he handed to the doctor it was of a deep blue colour ah she breathed as he set it to his lips you are wearied with your duties madame conjectured aksakoff sipping with gusto and i alas can relieve you only by acting as waiter you are a guest now she rejoined with a nervous laugh is the tea to your liking most delightful tea said demetrius courteously you compliment the decoction too highly tea on the continent is like rain in the sahara i except russia of course she ended smiling you will find us english in many ways when you visit moscow madame 
leah looked inquisitively at aksakoff who spoke guessing that he was in possession of the truth and wondering what he thought of the engagement the man's face betrayed nothing however and her gaze travelled to demetrius he was sitting perfectly still and his eyes looked dull as though the fire of life was dwindling within meeting her smile he roused himself with a jerk and an apology i feel sleepy the heat no doubt he murmured i can't say that i feel scorching said askew glancing through the window at a grey sky you are used to the tropics monsieur demetrius is not observed aksakoff joan laughed you remind me of a horrid story my brother told me an old anglo-indian was being cremated at walking and said that it was the first time he had felt warm in england a horrid story indeed murmured lady jim with her eyes on the expressionless face of demetrius you shouldn't tell it dear then she rose hurriedly are you quite well monsieur demetrius oh yes quite the doctor's voice droned into an inarticulate mumble and his head fell forward oh mr askew monsieur aksakoff what is the matter his eyes are closed his breathing just listen kinder fit perhaps said askew rising to shake demetrius and so extorted a cry from the kind-hearted hostess don't the man is ill oh how dreadful loosen his collar open the window i wonder if he needs a doctor and she stepped to the electric button of the bell there might be one in the hotel said aksakoff as joan and askew obeyed her directions and from the tone of his voice she knew that there was one in the hotel it really seems to be a kind of fit said aksakoff looking at the now unconscious man yet he appeared to be quite well a few minutes ago leah did not hear she was already at the door issuing hurried instructions to a waiter whose smile had vanished when she came back the two men had placed demetrius on the sofa where he lay breathing heavily his face white and his lips purple not a pleasant sight by any means as askew thought had not you ladies better retire he suggested no no they cried in one breath we must help only the doctor can do that if there is one said aksakoff observing his handiwork on the sofa with a critical eye then at the tail of a triple rap entered the fat proprietor of the henri trois scared in looks and importantly fussy in manner behind him glided a spick-and-span man not unlike demetrius and unmistakably tartar dr helfmann happened to be luncheoning explained m gravier fortunately what is the matter madame helfmann soon explained that he felt the pulse of the patient laid a gentle hand on a weakly beating heart and turned up the purple eyelids askew and aksakoff stood aside with the proprietor lady jim and joan bent forward with pale faces and clasped hands anxious for the verdict a kind of fit explained the doctor he will be insensible for two three hours in my hotel ach the scandal cried gravier spreading his fat hands in dismay is it really a fit asked lady jim paying no attention madame the doctor faced her coldly to speak technically would not enlighten you i can bring this gentleman back to his senses but i think with your permission added he bowing that if you will permit me to take him in a cab to a chemist's shop where i can procure the drug i require it will save time 
and in this case he glanced calmly at the unconscious man time means life ugh said askew take him away at once if you think it is better murmured lady jim not daring to meet the victorious eye of the diplomatist of course rejoined askew brusquely you and miss tallentire can do nothing and the sight is not a pleasant one joan lady jim drew the girl away and passed with her into the bedroom adjoining there behind a closed door they listened to the sound of a body being removed the scraping of feet the heavy breathing of laden men the bumping and humping of something soft horrible suggestion they could hear these intimations of removal very plainly leah sat on the bed with tightly clasped hands between slack knees ah said leah it is all right lady james said joan petting her poor monsieur demetrius will soon be all right i wonder what made him ill i wonder echoed lady jim and wondered very truly she could not understand what drug aksakoff had used to reduce demetrius so rapidly to unconsciousness and not another word was spoken for ten minutes they have driven away in a fiacre announced miss tallentire from the window who have driven that doctor and monsieur demetrius not monsieur aksakoff before a question could be answered a sharp knock came to the door and aksakoff presented himself when it was open all is well dear ladies said he blandly dr helfmann has gone with our sick friend mr askew follows to see that all is well askew follows said lady jim with a sharp glance but why the diplomatist still smiled he has a kind heart that young mr askew and so he shrugged then bowed to joan i compliment you mademoiselle on your courage you also madame and now all being well i must take my leave he kissed lady jim's hand i shall see you again in london as to-night i journey to havre he went out and leah again heard four names as though a ghostly porter was calling them at a ghostly junction paris havre kronstadt siberia said the ghostly porter uh said lady jim End of chapter twenty four